Today we're going to go a step further in, in the thought process of mind shift. Because what you think is valuable, what you think is important, what you think shapes certain things. The things that you will enjoy or disdain in your future starts with a thought in your here and now. So what you think shapes your destiny. Amen? In other words, one person may see a mountain. Have you ever seen people say, you know, I see, have you ever been in a, in a situation where you're in a counseling session and you say, well, this is what, the way I see it, and that's really the way I titled this message, what's the way I see it. Have you ever sat and said, this is the way I see it, Dr. Collier, but how, how's, how do you see it? Because it's valuable to hear how you see a thing because you may not see it the same way that I do. So get that in your mind. How you see it may be different for me. It doesn't mean that you're wrong and I'm right. It just means there's a difference of opinion. But what's important about that is this. It shapes your destiny. So make sure your thoughts are correct. Make sure they're based on the Word of God and those things that are right. One person may see a mountain and they see an obstacle. They say, man, that mountain is insurmountable. There's no way I can get around that. Another person sees the mountain and sees an opportunity for a tunnel. Some may see a, a great mass or body of water and say, how am I going to cross that water being, uh, and not, get, or not drown? Another person sees <clears throat> that you can make a way where there is no way underneath the water and come out on the other side. Tunneling, it's things we never thought possible. And it started because somebody thought it. Some person years ago, back in, or I don't know when it was, 1800s, they looked at a map of the United States of America. They looked at their, the land and they thought from the east to the west. And they say, this is a very difficult task to go from the east to the west. There's a lot of obstacles, a lot of negative circumstances. But another man or another person <clears throat> may see in all that a train track. Where they can move commerce rapidly. See, one person sees it as a difficulty. Another person sees it as an opportunity to move commerce from the east to the west. Moving people around the United States of America. So you see how you view a thing is important. So when I say the way I see things, the way I see things is important to me because that's the way I'm going to go. The way I see it is the way I'm going to go. How many people know that's truth? Will you say that with me? The way I see it is this. Well, how do you see it, Bishop? With the Holy Spirit guided mind, a portal will be opened where you can see all the possibilities God has in store for you. Did you catch that? With the Holy Spirit guided mind, mind shift, a portal will be opened where you can see all the possibilities God has in store for you. Can I back that up? Absolutely. Malachi 3.10. Malachi 3.10 is valuable in understanding what God can and will do for you. He said, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. He was instructing the children of Israel at this time. And prove me, this is important, and prove me now herewith. He said, you do this, you do what I'm asking you to do, and put me to the test. That's what God's saying. Put me to the test. Oh, yeah. 
That's what prove me means. If you go out to prove a team of horses, you're going to work those horses. If you prove a car, you're going to try that car on a racetrack. God's saying, if you'll do what I tell you to do, no matter how difficult it may seem, I'm going to reward you. He said, put me to the test and see if I won't do this for you. Seth, the Lord God, he doesn't even back off. He verifies it. He says, Seth, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of all the armies of heaven. And he said, watch this. This is key. See if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough for you to receive it. You have to understand what he's saying there. When he says, I will open the windows of heaven, it's more than just letting a little air in. Because windows are designed in a house for a, for a purpose, Collis. Any of you builders know if you build a house, it's more than just letting fresh air in. It's to let light in. It's also to let you see from the inside to the outside, to see the scenery on the outside, what's going on outside the house. And God's saying, if you do what I tell you to do, he said, I'll open a window of heaven. Why would he open a window? So you can see all the possibilities that are out there and all the promises he has for you. And if you see it, you can have it. Get that, Ashton? If you see it, you can have it. Your mind has to shift into that area and realize, if God said it, I believe it, I accept it. It will come to pass. So when he says, I'll open the windows of heaven, you should be more than just, oh, that's great. It should be, okay, I'm going to look out that window, God. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. And I'm going to look out that window and see all the possibilities and all the promises you have for me. And nothing will catch me unaware. Why? Because I'll be able to see it before it gets to me. Can I ask you a question? Has any of you started to do something and you get a check in your spirit and say, don't do it? Raise your hand. Wave it at me. Have you gotten it? I have. You start to do it and someone will say, don't do that. And you wonder, where did that come from? It's because God is trying to open a window for you. He's letting you see into your future. So when I see something, I have to shift my mind in such a way because the way I see it is valuable. The way you see it is valuable. Because the way you see it, hear this, when I see it, I can conceive it. When I conceive it, then I can obtain it. But it all starts with a mind shift and how you see things and how you desire things. How many of you want good things out of life? I think all of us are that way. Well, you'll never see good until you start seeing it here first. Have you ever had a a guest come into your house? And they're from another state or whatever. And you say, well, I want to ta- take you on a little trip here uh, around the town. And you start driving and they're going, oh, my God, this is beautiful. Oh, this is, oh, look at that. Oh, look at this. You're going, what? I don't see anything. Oh, look at that, that historic spot there. Historic, it's just an old dump. See, what they're seeing is not what you're seeing because we've gotten so Uh, numb to it now they can see what we're not seeing I want a church full of people that are so excited that they start to see things that others have not seen and if they see it we can go places they've not gone it doesn't matter in all this mind shift and all this setting your mind correct and it has to be guided by the Holy Spirit because that's what we're dealing with 
If you're always worried about what somebody else is seeing, you're never going to catch it. It matters what you see because that will determine your steps. So what Jimmy Gross sees, it may be wonderful, but I, unless I see it, it I, I'm not going to walk that direction. I'm going to go that route. I have to see it. So if you can get four or five people seeing the same thing, you've, you've done something phenomenal. It's very difficult to get people to agree on anything. Am I right? But whenever you come into an agreement and you start seeing things together, the great things you can accomplish, is there's no way to even put it into words. If you get a group of scientists together that can see things the same way, there's no telling what they can accomplish. Could you even imagine if you could get governmental leaders together to agree on something? I think Dr. Collier said amen. <clears throat> could you even imagine what could happen? So it doesn't matter what everybody else is seeing. Here's the way I'm going to see it. Nothing is impossible no matter how hard it is. So I want to place this in this context. Today, I shift my mind into all things are possible to them that believe. <laughs> Nothing that is can be without a seed planted in the mind. And many times when you start to plant and you begin to harvest, you work in this mind shift, planting and harvesting, you will do it in the most difficult times and a lot of times you'll do it alone. I'm going to show you. You do it alone. Watch this. 1 Samuel 30 verse 1. 1 Samuel 30 verse 1 through 8 in the King James Version. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south. David goes out to do a conquest and here the Amalekites invade where he was. Now, at this point, David was a hero, wasn't he? David was a giant slayer. David was a leader of the mighty men, of the 300, the mighty men. David was lauded and applauded, and Saul has killed his thousands, and David has killed his ten thousands. Read it. It's all there. Now, they were building him up. Be careful when they build you up. Be careful when everybody lauds and applauds you. The Bible says be careful when all men speak good of you. Because it's coming, Doc. Watch this. So, David and his men, they came from Ziklag on the third day. And the Amalekites had invaded the south. And Ziklag had, and smit, and they smit, had smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. That's David's place. They burned it with fire. And had taken the women captives. The problem with that, it was all their wives. They had taken the women captives that were therein, and they slew not any. They didn't slay them, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. They carried their families away into slavery, into whatever bondage they wanted. Now watch. So here comes David back, and he's merry men. In verse 3, So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire. Can you even imagine coming home and your house being burned and everything in it gone? Burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. You think you had a bad day? 
Then David, see to us we're reading a story, but these people lived it. These people went through it. We're just reading it. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Have you ever gotten so down and discouraged that you wept that you could weep no more? I've seen people get to that point. And David's two wives were taken captive. Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed for the people. Watch. David now, the, the real, the triumph, the conqueror, the leader, the giant slayer. Now, they want to kill him. So just because people parade you around as something great, there's another day coming. So you have to be careful. David now, he was champion. They want to kill him. They want to stone him to death. Because the, the soul of all the people were grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David, watch this word. But David. But David. But David, nobody around him, not his mighty men, not none of the warriors, none of his counselors, and I've been here before, so I know what I'm talking about. Nobody was standing with him, so he got alone, and he gazocked it to himself. The Hebrew word for encourage is gazock. What do you mean? He said, I am not going to allow this to happen to me. I'm going to strengthen myself. That's what the word means. I'm going to repair myself. I'm going to strengthen myself. Even when it seems like all is lost, I'm going to gazock it to myself. And I'm going to take care of this hopelessness that's in my spirit. How did he take care of hopelessness, Floyd? He had a mind shift all by himself. Not one warrior helped him. The Bible would have said it. Not one person said, you can make it, David. Come on, we can do this thing. No, he did it to himself. He got that. Watch what he did. David's mind shifted from defeat to conquest. His warriors didn't see it. They didn't want to see it. They saw it as defeat. Our wives and our, our children are gone. And all our goods, all our belongings are gone. They were distraught. Now watch. And David said to Abathar the priest, Amalek's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod, <clears throat> which was a garment the priest wore. And Abathar brought thither the ephod to David, and verse 8, and David inquired of the Lord. So when you gazak it to yourself, the next thing you got to do in your mind shift is inquire of the Lord. you got to talk to God. A lot of times we make decisions based on what we want, not what God says is best for us. Have we done that before? I have. I've heard people say to me before, I'm going to do this because I want to, Bishop. Don't pray about it because I don't want to hear what God has to say. You think I'm kidding you. I stood with a man right out front here, and he said, don't pray. Am I telling the truth, Randy? Don't pray because I want to go do this. And it led to disaster for his whole family. It honestly did. I said, let's just pray about it. Let's inquire of the Lord. No, 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 no. I don't want to hear what God's got to say about this. David wanted to know. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue after this troop? They're all defeated. His mind is shifting. He's, he's, he's strengthened himself in God. Shall I overtake them? And God answered him. That's when he said, and he answered them. 
Pursue. The Lord said, pursue, for thou shalt overtake them and without fail recover all. Who got that word? Who had to believe that word? Did the men have it? Did the warriors get it? David had it. So if you're waiting for everybody else to see what you're seeing, they probably won't. But if they see that you are standing firm, they'll follow you. Now watch what happens. They're all partying. All the Amalekites, they're partying, Doc. They've got women, possessions, children, slaves. They've got it all. Man, they're partying hardy. But here comes David. Most of his men couldn't come because they're too wore out from battle. He had to leave them at a certain place. But here he's, David wasn't wore out because he'd encouraged himself in the Lord. How many times have you had to encourage yourself? So David finds them, and guess what they're doing? They're partying, celebrating. But they've got a maniac coming after him named David that's gazocked it to himself, that's encouraged himself in the Lord. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel 30, verse 16, and it's important for you to read these verses. Somebody says, I don't need all that Bible. Yes, you do. Verse 16, and when he brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing. Because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. Now watch verse 17. It didn't say in the mighty men. And David smote them from the twilight even unto the evening of the next day. And there escaped not a man of them save 400 young men which rode upon camels and fled. Now watch this next verse. And David... And he said, I'll open a window of heaven and pour out a blessing you cannot contain. Remember that. And David recovered some. Wait a minute. Am I misreading that? And David recovered all. What does all mean to you? But it starts with a mind shift. All he had to do was go in there and start crying with the men, his warriors, Crying and moaning, oh my goodness, I've done screwed up. I've been out doing these conquests and they sneaked in and got our wives and our children possession. Oh, woe is me, and they stoned him. But David goes and the Bible says, and he recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. And there was no, And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil, nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. Where did it start? Somebody help me. Where did this battle, where was it won? When he said, bring me the ephod. And he got down and inquired of the Lord. He had a mind shift. My God, if I'm, he's the same God that helped me when I fought the bear. He's the same God that helped me when I fought the lion. He's the same God that I faced that uncircumcised Philistine and brought him down. And if that same God is with me, I will defeat these Amalekites. And today, some of you need to get down before the Lord and you're going through some terrible situations. Maybe it's physical, financial, or spiritual. You need to get down and encourage yourself in the Lord. And even if your wife don't do it, your husband don't do it, your chillings don't do it, you can't listen to them. You have to get down by yourself and say, God, I don't care what the voices are around me. Those voices don't matter. What matters to me is what are you saying? What is God saying? And I will pursue, the Bible says, he said, go and pursue them. So I'm going to tell you today, don't back off, pursue. 
from destruction, from defeat to conquest, all started right here. Defeat to conquest. If you don't think you're going to make it, Doc, if you don't think you're going to make it, you're not going to make it. If you went into your medical uh, profession thinking you're not going to make it, and everybody around you said you ain't good enough, you're never going to cut it, and you believe their PR, you're not going to make it. You fall into it. But when you start believing what God is saying to you, that he's got a purpose and a plan for your life, and you will recover all, then you start acting differently. You start doing things differently. There has to be a mind shift. Because nothing is impossible if you believe it. You may have some pitfalls. You may have some, some obstacles. But I still say, if he did it then, Kenny, he'll do it again. If he healed me then, he'll heal me now. How many of you have God blessed in the last year? Let's see. Yeah. And you know it for a fact. Do you think he's through? Do you think he's run out of blessing? No. So if you can believe it, those things that are unimaginable can come your way. I'm going to give you this verse. Jesus said in Mark 9, 23. Jesus said unto him. He said, if you can believe. Because he said, that's your real problem. He said, the root problem is you can't believe. I'm, I'm reading between the lines here because that's what he did. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. If you can believe it. Your thoughts that dwell in your mind can bring healing, can bring security, can bring provision, can bring prosperity and positive change. This is the way I see it. And that's important for you to say that. This is the way I see it. But not only this is the way I see it, I want to know how he sees it. Because when David inquired of the Lord, he wanted to know how he saw it. And what did God say? pursue. Some of you that have backed off from some things that you know is right and some things you want to accomplish and you've gotten a little intimidated. That's the word. You've gotten intimidated and you've backed off and God is saying to you today, pursue. Don't let go of your dream. Don't let go of what God said you can have. Doesn't matter how old you are or what's happened to you in life. Don't give up. Don't give up on your dream. You know why Martin Luther King Jr. was so successful? He didn't give up on his dream. If you ever study him, you'll see.